0: Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the 14th Sunday after Trinity, September 18th, 2022, is preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612 824 5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran aflc.org. Good morning again. Special welcome to those of you who are visiting us this morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the Gospel lesson appointed for this Sunday. The sermon text is taken from Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. can be found on page 1625 of your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. Reading in Jesus' name, Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. Jesus also said to the disciples... There was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. And he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what, that which is another's, who will give to you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he either will will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and your word is truth. We pray that this morning you would sanctify us in the truth, that you would convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that you would comfort and encourage us with the promises of your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, I have a confession to make before all of you this morning. I had planned all week to open the sermon with a few lines of Garth Brooks's song, friends in low places i was going to do it because there's a very loose connection of that song to this text but i was also going to do it because i would have received much joy in watching those of you who know the song try to work those lyrics out of your head while also trying to listen to a sermon and so i opted not to go in that direction because in the end the song the lyrics of this song have not much to do with christ's parable about the dishonest manager but then again that's the point and it's one of those things that frustrate me as someone who knows just enough about the original languages of the bible to be dangerous And that's, this parable should not be called the parable of the dishonest manager. It's not about the dishonest manager. It's not about the dishonest manager making friends with people who will accept him after he's fired. The parable is about the merciful and faithful owner. And that's what we need to keep in mind as we turn our eyes back to Luke 15. If we see this about the actions of the dishonest manager, we're going to be confused, we're probably going to make some bad application for our life, and we're going to miss the mark entirely. But if we see this about a parable, or as a parable in teaching about the faithful owner, the faithful Lord, the faithful master, that frees us to see that what Jesus is doing in this parable is preaching to us three separate sermons. And so that's what we're going to look, look at this morning. Jesus' three sermons. The first sermon is Jesus' sermon on the seventh commandment. And if we were going to be in the practice of titling sermons like I am every Sunday, the title of Jesus' sermon to us would be, you all are unfaithful stewards. Let's take a look at that. And let's rewind for just a second. Because this is the only space we have to make this parable about the dishonest manager. Because this is the only space we have to make this parable about us. And so, step one, if you have in your Bibles the translation manager, just pause and reprogram your brains for just a second, because from this point on, I want you to see not a mental manager like at Best Buy, but rather see the word steward, because it's a much better fit for how we interact with Jesus' parable. So this is now the parable of the unfaithful steward. And what Jesus is doing here... And preaching a sermon about the seventh commandment is he is connecting the behavior of the unfaithful steward to the behavior of the prodigal son. The prodigal son is the passage immediately before this in Luke 15. And just as the prodigal son wasted his father's uh, possessions, his father's inheritance, and in, in, in unfaithful living, so now the dishonest steward squanders his master's property. The action is exactly the same. And it gets us back quickly to the seventh commandment. What Jesus teaches in this parable is that the squandering of possessions is a fair way to understand the nature of our sin In light of God's grace in providing everything we need for life. In our sin, we're dishonest. We're wasteful. We're greedy. And we're cowards. Our sinful natures only know how to consume. And once we're confronted with our selfishness, we only know how to manipulate And so in this way, the the dishonest steward is every one of us. He's your typical self-absorbed, self-centered, selfish sinner. He does nothing unusual or exceptional or anything along those lines. He's absolutely normal. And so Jesus highlights the moral of the story for us in a couple of places. The moral of this first sermon is don't be lovers of money. Don't tie your identity to the material possessions you have in life. And then don't justify away your faults and your own self-righteousness. The call of Jesus' teaching to us is not to be greedy not to be selfish, and not to squander what God has given us. The lesson here is that God knows. God knows more than we do about the squandering of his blessings. And God, of course, will call us to account. That's... The understanding, that's the explanation of the parable of the dishonest steward at its most basic and straightforward level. Jesus wants to convict us of sin. Jesus wants us to see the nature of our sin. But Jesus especially wants us to identify as being greedy, self-absorbed sinners. But that's where that line of thinking stops, because the parable is not intended to be about us. It's intended to be about God. So Jesus also preaches a second sermon. His second sermon is on the first article of the Apostles' Creed, and if he were to title this sermon, it would be called, God is Merciful. God's provision for us under the first article of the creed is the central idea of Jesus' parable. We can hear ourselves confessing, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And it's not the dishonest steward we're supposed to focus on. It's the merciful Lord and Master. When the dishonest steward is first called to account, the master doesn't throw him into prison as he has every right to do. Just as the father in the parable of the prodigal son doesn't rehire his son as a servant, he welcomes him with open arms. The Lord, we know at the very beginning of this parable, is merciful. Later on in the parable, when the dishonest steward changes the accounts of the debtors, he does this only because he knows his master to be merciful. If he thought he was going to be in even more trouble for doing this, he never would have done it because remember, the dishonest steward is self-serving and self-absorbed. But the steward knows his master is not only merciful, but his master continually desires to be known as merciful to the community at large. There's another clue in the text about this. When the debtors don't question why their bills are suddenly being reduced, they don't do this because they think the dishonest steward is being effective in his job. It appears in the text today that everyone knows the dishonest steward is a fool. But they allow their bills to be reduced because the debtors also know that the master is merciful. And they know that the master is merciful because he has demonstrated this over and over and over again. If we focus on the activities and the words of the Master, all of the weirdness in this parable falls into the background almost immediately. And we begin to to see the ties with God the Father all over the place. And it's that what leads us to the third and final sermon that Jesus preaches in this parable. And that would be a sermon on the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And we would title this sermon, God Does and Will Continue to Provide. Now, much like the parable of the prodigal son, when the dishonest steward finds himself in a catastrophic situation, he remembers that his master is merciful And, much like the parable of the prodigal son, the dishonest steward devises a scheme that attempts to use human wisdom to exploit or leverage the mercy of the master. In this case, he lowers the bills of the debtors, knowing that because the master is merciful, he can perhaps rely on the gratefulness of the debtors once he's fired, And in doing this, the steward misses the reality of the situation. His master is merciful. His master is merciful whether or not he himself deserves it. And this is the point in the parable where Jesus establishes the proper perspective for his own audience. God provides for us whether we deserve it or not. This is the outcome of both his gracious will as creator in the first article of the creed, but it's also the reality of the fourth petition, where we pray for what God has promised to be doing already. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we know we're going to receive it from God because that's what he does for us. He provides for us. He gives us our daily bread. And in fact, God so willingly and mercifully and abundantly gives us our daily bread that we often fail to appreciate it. We often fail to notice it altogether. That's how merciful God is. And so as we stop to reflect on what Jesus is teaching us this morning... We need to reflect that in our sin, we are unfaithful. We squander what God has given to us. We will, as Jesus teaches us, be unfaithful in much because we are regularly unfaithful in little. In our sin, we have divided interests that end up resulting in idolatry. We always love one master and hate the other. We always will be devoted to one master and despise the the other. But the reality is, our devotion and love, because of our sin, inevitably fall on something other than God. Maybe it's material possessions and wealth, like the dishonest steward. But maybe it's our own control, Maybe it's our own identity. Maybe it's the opinion of someone else. But whatever the case might be, in our sin, our Lord and Master is always something other than God. And then we know, as we think about it, our response to our failure Our response to our dishonest stewardship of God's blessings is that we always try to come up with some convoluted scheme, some earthly means to try to earn, leverage, or exploit God's mercy. Think back for just a moment to the last time you prayed, Dear God, if you do this for me, then I will blank. If you're anything like me, and in this case you are, you don't have to go too far back in your memory to the last time you tried to make a bargain with God. And as you bargain with God, you fail to recognize the overarching theme of what God is teaching us. He is merciful. He has, He does, and He will continue to provide for you even apart from your behavior. Because He's merciful. And so the reality of what Jesus teaches you this morning is not that if you're faithful in a little, then you'll be faithful in much. You're not. The reality is, God is faithful in a little. And so we rely on God to be faithful in In much. We understand we don't have to trick God into being merciful. We don't have to back Him in a corner through our cunning or conniving. What we need to do in light of God's mercy is repent. To acknowledge our dishonesty and our squandering before Him. To write from the beginning. Call upon God to be gracious and merciful to us, poor, dishonest sinners. And the reality is that each and every time we call out to God for His mercy, He meets us with His mercy. He meets us with His faithfulness in much. Because God's faithfulness in much looks like Jesus Christ on the cross. God's faithfulness in much looks like an empty tomb. God's faithfulness in much looks like the body and blood of Jesus given and shed for you. Jesus has taken everything we deserve for squandering God's gifts and He has received that punishment in our place. And in return, God meets us with mercy, with more mercy, with continuing mercy, with abundant and faithful mercy. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.